A reading from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, the third chapter, beginning with verse 1. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision. We who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day. Of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I showed you my little football trophy there. I want you to hear what Paul's trophies were real quick. Because Paul is calling each and every one of us today to put down our trophies and take up the cross. That's his message. Put down all those things that you think make you awesome, that you think make you appealing to God, that you think make you right with God, that you think are demonstrations of God's blessings towards you, because the only thing that really matters is Jesus. It's a strong word, isn't it? Consider what he says to you. I guess I need to share with you the story of Paul because some of us might not know it. Paul was a Pharisee, as he said. Not only was he a Pharisee, he was of the tribe of Benjamin. So when he starts to tell you his pedigree, first of all, he kept the covenant when he was eight days old when his parents took him to be circumcised. And he entered into the covenant made with Abraham. And in that covenant, those people who are circumcised are the faithful who serve the living God. And he says not only that, 
I was of the tribe of Benjamin. There's only two faithful tribes left, Judah and Benjamin. He says, I'm one of them. As for the law, I have kept it. The Pharisees used to make extra rules to make sure they didn't break the rules that mattered. They added things to make sure they wouldn't do anything weird. I did a house for a Jewish mystic one time. She wanted automatic lights to come on so that she wouldn't be making fire during the Sabbath. That's how those folks were. They added and heaped on rules to keep them from doing anything that would violate God's law. And Paul said, according to the law, I was blameless. How many of us could say that? I couldn't. I said a wordy dirt yesterday. And now we got bees at the house, I might be saying more of them. <laughs> he lifts up his trophies before us and says, according to these things, in my nation, I'm the best there is. You can't get any better than what I've done. You can't serve God better than I have. He says, as a matter of fact, when this heretical Christian sect broke out, I got permission to go out and capture them jokers and put them in prison. Here's what happened to Paul. On his way to Damascus, to go there and arrest some Christians, possibly even to have them put to death, had them stoned like Stephen was. Stephen was the first martyr of the church. And do you know that when he was stoned, Paul stood to the side clapping, holding the coats of the people who were throwing the rocks. That's how much he hated Jesus and his church. So Paul is on his way to Damascus to round some people up, and suddenly he's stopped by a great light, he said. And out of the light, someone spoke and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who is it, sir? And the voice said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. And Paul's life switched in an instant and was changed. He was made blind by something like scales over his eyes, and he went and was taken to a house of a Christian man to be cared for. Can you imagine what that guy thought when they brought basically the Gestapo to his house to watch over him? Here, we got this guy that's been rounding up Christians all over the place. We want you to take care of him and give him some vegetable soup. He probably wanted to put antifreeze in it. But he was sent a messenger to tell him that Paul was sent there for him to be the one who would open Paul's eyes. And Paul's eyes were open to the truth of Jesus. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the dead and risen Son of God. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That Jesus is the only source of righteousness that will ever matter for any of us. And so Paul says, I've laid my trophies down. Have you? Paul's in prison when he writes this letter. It reshapes it when you read it that way. He wants these people to know that the only thing that matters in their life is Jesus. Everything else serves to glorify Jesus. How we live in our families, how we live in our church, how we live in our business, how we conduct ourselves everywhere else is about being Jesus' people in the world and showing the world a different way of life. 
A life where it's okay to lay yourself down for your friends or your enemies. But this world wants us to lift up our trophies, doesn't it? You can get a trophy for everything from... from uh, I, man, I just, just went out of my head. The little debate teams in school. What do they call that? Debate? Thank you. <laughs> they call that debate teams, preacher. You can get a trophy for that, right? You can get a trophy for anything. Get participation trophies now. Because all we want to do is make ourselves feel good about us. The best thing that can happen to us is if we quit trying to make ourselves feel good about ourselves and start feeling good about who Jesus is and who we are in Jesus. That's the best thing that could ever happen to us is that we would lay our trophies down, put them down and take up the cross and say, I live for this. You guys remember a couple months ago I was on a little kick where I was asking you during every service if you were in love with Jesus. Remember that? Oh man, I'm just about to ask you that again. So I want you to think carefully. Think carefully. Are you in love with Christ Jesus Church? Are you? Are you in love with Christ Jesus? Are you sure? Now if you're not there yet, that's okay. Just keep putting your faith in Him and let it grow because it will. It will. I love Jesus more now than I love Jesus when I entered ministry. Because I've seen how He changes people's lives. Despite what I know myself to be. How many of you are aware of your own failings? Anybody? Got something you don't want nobody else to know about? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be texting nothing about me. That's what we say. <laughs> Check our friends out. Can I see all your text messages about all your old frenemies? That's what we should ask people before we let them be our friends. Paul is telling us to lay down all the things we think make us important. Because the only thing that makes us important is that we love Jesus. And the reason that makes us important is because people who love something have a tendency to tell somebody else about it. I was digging through my Facebook looking for one of my friends named Shane Manier. She's this brilliant poet and artist. I couldn't begin to tell you how talented this person is. And she was talking about how she had gone to see this horror movie called Us. She's braver than I am. If you've seen the ads for that movie, you, you don't have enough money to get me to go to that. And she was talking about how she had cried all through it because apparently there's some real poetic crisis in these people's hearts. And she was in touch with that. In touch with that. She's shaped by giving herself for others. It's her constant way of life. Constant for her. She teaches young children how to write poems and how to draw. She goes and does all these workshops and stuff for other people. It amazes me that she does that. She's in love with people. And I think because in her, there's a love for God that's real and matters. Is the love that we proclaim to have for Jesus real? Or is it because of the pressure of sitting in worship and not wanting to be the person who says no? Do you hear me? It's a good question for us to ask ourselves. 
Are we willing to lay down our trophies for Jesus? It's a good question, isn't it? Are we willing to be second in our own life? To have our opinions not matter, but the teachings of Christ take front pew. To have our own needs be second to the needs of others. Knowing Jesus is a life-shattering thing. It reorients our perspective about everything. It took a cold, stone-minded, brutal person like Paul and turned him into a preacher of love and life. One of my favorite things to answer with people said, David, what is it that you think you want to happen from your ministry? What I tell them is this. I want the people that I serve to come to a place where they know the difference that knowing Jesus makes in their life. Because I know the difference that knowing Jesus has made in my life. And I know the difference it made in Paul's life. But sometimes I catch myself not being concerned enough about my neighbors or my friends to make sure that they know the difference Jesus can make in their life. And that's part of what Paul is up to here. He's in prison. What a great opportunity to give up and say, I'm not following this Jesus guy anymore. He got me put in jail. Instead, he doubles down on his efforts and writes a letter to this church and challenges them to end up in the same place that he's in. To be so bold in their witness. To be so bold in their self-giving that people would hate them for it. That this church would long for other people to know Christ. Because Paul says there's nothing better than knowing Jesus. I want you to think for a minute. And I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Our mission here, we used to put it in our bulletin, but we started running out of bulletin space because we're doing all this cool stuff here. Our mission is to make disciples. Our council has made the decision that the only reason this church exists is to make disciples. That is our primary goal. Now what that means is that people have to come to know who Jesus is. Because if you don't know who Jesus is, you can't follow Jesus, can you? If you don't know anything he said, anything he taught, you can't follow him. And so what that should awaken in our heart is do we care whether or not other people know what we know about God? Do we care whether our neighbor knows about Jesus or not? Now I got a video to show you. You've seen it before. Somebody told me that on the way here. We've seen that before. I said, yes you have. You're going to see it again. <laughs> but right now, I want you to take 20 seconds Maybe 30. I usually get 
uncomfortable with silence because I'm that guy that likes to talk all the time. And I want you to think about people you know that you know don't have a church. That don't have a place where they can go on Easter Sunday and hear the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Do you understand what I want you to think about? Take 30 seconds and think about those people. Who are they in your life? You have some people in mind? I want you to watch this video. Yes, you've seen it before. You've probably seen it other places than church. And then we're going to talk about this video related to those people. Sound good? Michael, would you open microphone 7 for me? Cross your fingers. Um, no. Huh? Well, over to the left. Okay. Need a photographer? Yeah! Thanks. Thanks. So where'd you guys go off to all dressed up this morning? Oh, uh, church. Easter services. How nice. How nice. What did your pastor preach about this morning at this uh, church service? I'm sorry? Yeah, what was the sermon about? Oh, Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. You know, how he uh, he conquered death, right? You know. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, and he uh, gave us, you know... Life? Uh huh. Abundantly? Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Hey, you didn't think my wife and I need to hear about that this morning? That wasn't on your radar? No? Say cheese! Paul is in prison and he's thinking about you. The future people who needed to hear the message of Jesus. Paul could have said, this Jesus thing is a sham, I'm sorry, and walked away and not been executed. But it was important enough to him that you all would know Jesus that he wrote this letter sitting in a jail cell. Is it important to you at all that your neighbors know Christ? 
That's the next question after what Paul is putting in front of us. If we say, yes, we know Jesus and we're happy we know Jesus and we love Jesus, do we think other people need to hear the message that he conquered death? Did you hear how that guy said it? Well, he, he conquered death. Like it's some small thing to defeat sin and death. Those people you were thinking about, do they matter to you? Does their soul matter? Do you want them to have the joy of knowing Jesus? Or do you not care? It's a hard question. But it's a question we all have to answer. Because Jesus didn't call believers. Jesus called followers. Jesus called disciple makers. And when we don't take that seriously, we're not taking Jesus seriously. Paul says that everything else is crap. My Greek teacher told me it's actually the S word if I wanted to translate it correctly, but I'm just not going to say that in church. Everything else in life is crap compared to knowing Jesus. If you're not in that place where you value knowing Jesus more than everything else, keep chasing it, keep reaching for it. Jesus will get you there. And if you are in that place where you can truly say that Jesus is your top priority, man, carry that passion to your neighbor. Share it with somebody else. But all of us, all of us, can do something different than what this guy did in this video. Did you notice how his lip quivered when the guy said, don't you think my wife and I needed to hear that? Those people you were thinking about need to hear what's going to be said here on Easter. And what they need for us is to put down the trophy of pride and be willing to ask them to come. I told somebody one time that asking people to come to church was like asking the homecoming queen to prom over and over, and she said no every time. It can be that way. You can get turned down. People say, no, I'm not coming to your church. We're Baptists, but they never go to church at all, right? But they're Baptists. You keep working on them. Don't give up. I have something for you to make it easier. There's 200 of these up here. It's a brochure that has in it answers to the questions that our church council has been working through for the last six months. Questions about who we are and what we do and what we offer and what, do, what will success look for like for us. And what we've said is that it will be being one with God, one with each other, and one with the people of our community. And that can only happen as we share the good news of Jesus. Two people will be standing up here, Leanne and Sarah. They will have copies of these to give to you. What I'm asking you is to think about those people that you know don't have a place to be on Easter or you know don't know Jesus. And just do the simple, bold thing of handing one of these and say, you know, I care about you. Would you come to my church with me? Did you see how easy that was? Do that simple thing for them. Because knowing Christ is more important than anything else.
And the last thing we should allow is for embarrassment or pride to prevent us from asking people to come and meet the risen Christ. Amen? When you come through, don't be ashamed to get two or three of them. Get five of them. Tell them how many you want. And then hand them out to somebody.